welcome to Relate and Meditate, the fast food of meditation with Daisy Clementine. for tuning in again this week. In this episode, I spoke to tech entrepreneur and professional hand model, Jess Rufus, the founder of collaboration app, Collabosaurus. We spoke all about the touchy private topic of money. We spoke about her own relationship with money and the social pressure of committing to a set menu and how it feels when you have to look after other people's salaries, our first jobs. We really tried to touch on all of our big money memories. I wanted to put out this episode this week as I feel like money conversations amongst my friends and my partner recently have just been really cracked open. It's being talked about a lot as we all struggle through freelance life throughout another lockdown here in Sydney been funny to listen back to this episode as it was recorded right at the start of the year and I've spent the past few months doing quite a lot of work and education around money mindset and really trying to identify what my relationship with it is. For Jess, as you'll see in this episode, it was a resistance to pay herself what she deserves to be making as a CEO. And for me, it's this fear that the money I have is just going to be taken away from me at any moment. I do also want to acknowledge that although Jess and I both speak from such privileged positions, which we're both so grateful to be in, I really hope that the meditation we've crafted feels relatable and relevant to everyone listening. Enjoy the episode and as usual, please let me know if you have any feedback. If this helped you, please share with anyone that is looking to call in the cash and get their money mindset right. We are all in it together. What do you wish there was a meditation for and why? Oh man, I I wish there was a meditation to kind of bring me out of my anxiety around money stuff. I find a lot of, I mean, I run my own business, so a lot of my stress and anxiety stems from this fear around not being able to like make enough money or whatever it may be or make payrolls. It's all money related for me. That's probably what I would wish for. Yeah, and money is like such a, oh, I find it such an uncomfortable subjects like yeah um whether it's you know discussing it in a business sense or even just like with friends like my friendship group is quite closed off um about money it's like really not something we talk about and um growing up as well like it really it was never really discussed you know like it was always yeah and apparently like a lot of your money mindset comes from like how your parents are with money. Yes, I've heard that. You build like a money story that you don't even, most of the time, you're not even aware that you have around, you know, how, yeah, like, I don't know. I've just got like this real issue around, um, I don't know, being like open to (laughs) receiving lots of money. I don't know why. I I think my parents worked really hard when I was younger. So it was just, I always saw them working 
really hard and you know I just associate you know you have anything that you want or any money that you want you've got to work really hard for it so it's never felt easy you know Mm. yeah and so um, would they would they ever talk to you about money would they ever be like oh you know money doesn't grow on trees and um really like pointing out the like the value and the cost of things a lot I don't I don't remember them ever saying anything like that but I always had this sense that um you know if I wanted something I would have to figure it out like I would I would never ask my parents for money you know I just mm. I remember when I was like oh, 13 or something at our school they sat us down and they said well in I don't know 4 years time you have the opportunity to go on this Europe tour with the school, um, with rugby and netball. And, you know, we, we go around to like Wales and stuff like that. Um, and it is going to cost this much. And basically they had this meeting, like this assembly at school to try and set us up for being aware that that cost is coming and that if we wanted it, we could work for it. But pretty much every single person I went to school with just went and asked their parents for money. Mm. Whereas I actually didn't even tell my parents that, um, I wanted to go on this thing. And I just got a job the moment I turned 14 and was allowed. I like went around the local area and found myself a little job at the video store so that I could save for four years or three years or something to pay for this Europe tour. And I'm so glad I did. And I like, I value it and appreciate it. So, so much more like, because I worked hard to um, get that for myself. So I think that's good. There's like a value of money there, but I think my parents, yeah, they didn't really talk about it. It was very, closed off. I I knew, you know, they worked extra jobs and stuff like that to put us through private school, but it was never spoken about. It was more stuff I figured out mm. just on my own accord when I was younger, just by observing. Mm. That's so cool that your school did that and addressed it in that way. I think that's really good for, um, I guess like building people into more responsible and less like spoiled human beings. I know. Well, yes, except that what ended up happening is that 90% (laughs) of everyone just asked their parents. But um, I think their intentions were there and the way they handled it was really good because giving us enough notice, it was, I think because it was part of a big school tour, it was a lot cheaper than if, you know, I was wanting to go to Europe on my own and stuff like Mm. that. I think it was only... It was like $3,000 or something and it was a four-week tour around and you did, you saw some of the, you know, major um, landmarks and stuff like that. We went and saw Pisa and stuff like that as part oh of God. it. So so cheap. Just, Sounds great. Sign me up. For $3,000. <laughs> I mean, fire out. I'd love to go to, around Europe for four weeks for $3,000. I mean, but at 13, that was a lot of money and I was pay, being paid something like four dollars an hour or something ridiculous so oh my god that's so it's actually so funny um to me when I think back sometimes of salaries that I had previously like I actually think about it a lot like you know I think my starting salary was something like maybe like 35 or 40,000 Australian dollars and oh my gosh 40,000 you were a baller I think I was a baller starting yeah my starting salary was 32,000 dollars and I was working 13 hour days. Oh my God. Now I feel like such a brat. I'm like, I was like <laughs> struggling on my $40,000. You're probably younger than me. I would say times have changed. I mean, now I employ staff and the expectations around salary, like straight out of uni are gobsmacking to me. What are they? Like, it's oh, it- like 50, 50,000 minimum. 
Mm. would be and it's like with no experience no training oh my god I had to I mean before okay before my baller $40,000 salary (laughs) I (laughs) I remember getting a pay rise to $40,000 and being like oh my gosh I'm a baller Oh my, I think one day I actually got a pay rise from like 40,000 to like 42 and a half thousand or something stupid like that. And I was Whoa, like, oh my God. don't spend it all at once. I've you get like 50 it. cents more a week or something. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it, it kind of ingrains like good habits in you. I think when you have that first job and, um, you get used, you get used to how to, how to spend, spend your money. I think it's probably quite a different situation when then you become the person in charge of other people's salaries. That's like a whole yes, different set of for expectations. Sure. I mean, I but I basically, and I think it definitely set me up for having good understanding of, you know, the value of a dollar, I suppose. But I mean, I've been running my business now for six years and just in 2020, I finally bit the bullet and got a financial planner to help because um, things like massive tax bills and stuff, I just never planned for because I hated doing any of the financial stuff around the business. Like Mm. I can stick to a budget, but I just didn't vibe with it. (laughs) I much prefer the creative side. Um, So I'd kind of always just put it on the back burner. And then it was always a surprise when a tax bill came around. So I finally hired a financial planner. And that was so good because it was like someone else um, forcing me to give myself a pay rise. It was really funny because I've always, you know, when you're in charge of other people's salaries, I've always put everything else before my own because I'm like you in that I've always felt I could get by, you know, I'm fine. I can get by on a pittance basically. And, you know, with running a business, often everything I make, I'll just be reinvesting into the business. So my salary itself is definitely um, way below industry (laughs) average and standards and stuff like that. And that was by choice and it's been fine. But this financial planner, it was just that like permission to pay myself what, I should be paying myself, you know, and, and I think, and, and like the business can afford it. And it was like that just reiteration and emphasis on, no, 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 like you've got this and it can pay you now and stop using it as an excuse not to pay yourself. Yeah. I think outsourcing that stuff too is like honestly vital. I mean, I don't have someone that like does my (laughs) personal finances, but I do have a very kind tax agent who I use every year and um, he will answer the occasional very concerned question from me every now and again. Like a couple of um, (laughs) weeks ago, I got my first like freelance tax bill and I've never had one before. And because normally I would just pay it all in one go at, um, you know, tax time, which such a sad day when you realize that tax time has like turned from being like the time of year where you get like free money um to yeah to something yeah. where you have to actually pay such, stuff it's like <laughs> such a negative yeah experience. I mean I'm it's a good thing but it's also just like really really sad but um yeah I got that um my first tax bill like completely out of the blue and my instant reaction was just pure panic I was like I haven't you know it's obviously a lot bigger than getting something like a parking ticket and I hadn't planned mm. for it and I also had I don't think I have very good coping mechanisms either when it comes to um you know unplanned finances or unplanned bills that come up and um you know you it just takes you by surprise and 
I think for me, it would be helpful to have, I'm trying to think during our conversation, I'm like, all right, like, so what's this meditation going to be that we'll make at the end of it? It's like, when do you need it? Is it when something like an unexpected bill comes up or when, I mean, for you, when do you think you would need a meditation or want one, like a moment to yourself to think, okay, I need to like reframe how I'm thinking about money. Like, has there been a specific situation where you kind of get into that spiral or that like pure panic mode and it's like, Mm. fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. More often than you might think. Um, It's actually not necessarily around when a bill comes. I find it really interesting. That's That's a good question because I think watching your reactions is going to be quite telling and what you said about coping mechanisms. I mean, everyone's so different. For me, I have this like weird delayed emotional reaction or response in my body for all sorts of things. Like grief for me hits two days after an event. I'm very cool cucumber at the time. And then I'll just have like a momentary breakdown a few Mm. days later. And it's very similar, I think, with money stuff. I mean, looking at when I would love a meditation. It would be around, it would always be um, right before bed. It would be me lying in bed awake and everything is just a bigger magnitude at night. I find as I'm Mm -hmm. going off to sleep, things will be going around and around and around in my head around, oh, what about this? And what about this? And often it springs up from things like, you know, Maddie and I really want to buy a house one day and that's very out of reach for me. And then especially with COVID, we were supposed to take a holiday and we haven't taken a proper holiday. I haven't for years. It's always been work-related, you know, going to the States for work and stuff like that. It's never been to enjoy myself and relax. But in 2020 was supposed to be that year that we took five weeks off and went to Europe and um, we couldn't do that. And then, so then with coping around the pandemic, I reinvested that money into the business and surviving and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know, I think it's all around, it's that um, FOMO, I suppose, around like missing out on life experiences that are important mm. to me, like like owning a home and um, and traveling and seeing more of the world. I mean, I've owned a home before and it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, but I think that was like with the wrong person at the wrong time in my life. And I think things are very different now. So I would always be kind of like drifting off to sleep. And when things are kind of stressing me out around like these big goals feeling really unattainable. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like when things feel out of reach. And um, I think with social media too, like the perception very much is like, everyone has like everything going on. Everyone's traveling. Everyone's like got like the latest, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not really into handbags, but like the latest handbag, <laughs> if you're like into that. Um, and everyone's life is just amazing and abundant. And, and I think the thing with social media too, is like a lot of the time there's no, there's no context for like how someone has like bought what they have. Like sometimes there is, but very rarely it's just like everything just looks amazing and everyone is buying a house and everyone is like buying a cool new car. And, um, mm. well, it's like you said, I mean, Instagram shows only the abundance, you know, yeah. it's basically 99.9% abundance with no context or backstory that actually shows any kind of struggle or hardship or reality around 
how those sort of abundances came to be. And it's like, really, if you look at yourself and look at all of the good stuff in your life, I mean, and often a really great way for me to kind of overcome stress around money and stuff is the whole gratitude journaling thing, which does work. And you sit down and you kind of go, okay, what am I grateful for? And what do I have? And how can I be really I'm thankful for all of the things that I already have in my life. You know, Mm. I'm so lucky to live where I live and I'm near the beach and I'm lucky to have be able to set my own hours, running my own business and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that's a really good exercise because if anyone looked at your life via social media, they're thinking the same of you as you are thinking of them, which is that it's all the good stuff, you know. If you only took your good stuff and displayed that on social media, which is probably what you're doing, anyone else will have the same, I don't know, um, perception of you as you would. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to like put up a picture of my tax bill and be like, Hey guys, like having a mental (laughs) breakdown. (laughs) 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 I just wouldn't. It's like, I think that's the thing about money too. It's such a, it can be such a private, um, thing and a private struggle at times as well. Like even from very small scale things, like I think everyone's kind of been in that situation where you've been invited to a dinner or something like that. And it's somewhere super nice. And yeah, and it's going to be like a $300 bill. It's like a set menu. You're like, all you all have to do it. And even if you're not drinking, you're going to have to split the bill for drinks. And so you try and tap out. And even that it's like feeling that kind of peer pressure or social pressure to Mm. have to, I don't know. I think sometimes it feels like you want to tap out because maybe like you're low on money that month, or maybe you're saving for something. Like I have quite a few friends that are trying to save for a house at the moment. Um, And so are kind of trying to be a bit more uh, frugal, I guess, with their um, money. And it's like, you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the person that's kind of being a killjoy or like making anyone else feel bad about spending the money because you're tapping out of it. But at the same time, I think there is always a bit of a mindset with other people where they're like, oh, like, can you really like not afford one dinner? Or, you know, mm. if I, I, I can know. honestly think back to situations like that, especially when I was starting my business and mm. it's like, I had a mortgage and I was working five jobs and I had no spare cash to just like throw at things like expensive dinners. But I have been in situations where I have felt the social pressure so much that I paid for it to save face. And like, mm. you know, I'd use a credit card or whatever, which was a stupid, stupid move, but you know. 20 year old Jess was a different Jess. Yeah. <laughs> just think, oh my gosh, I look back and think that's so stupid. But I think at different times in your life, you know, different things pop up. And like right now with our age group, everyone's starting to think about like buying a house or starting a family. Or- when did like buying a house become like the new? I don't I'm trying know. to think back to like when I was like a teenager. It was like, when did buying a house become the new like? The thing. It's like it's like the um, rite of passage. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have to it's like, oh, like you get engaged and you get married and you I guess it's like buying a car. Yeah, I guess it's it would be the equivalent of I guess buying a car when you are learning to drive, right? Like but then suddenly you're like well me, like it's like, you know, mid late twenties, early thirties, and it's like 
suddenly everyone is like putting up that fucking photo of them in front of that sold sign or that all of the house with the keys in the hand (laughs) I can't I know but then that creates FOMO as well and you feel like you should be doing something when you know not everyone's going to walk the same path I mean hell buying a house is not like the secret to happiness I know that for sure but I've like with social situations where it feels um like there's social pressure around money. I think our age group around weddings specifically because people will have kitchen teas and hens parties and bridal showers. And then if you're What's in a the kitchen tea, party, you just like, oh, it's a whole other thing. What oh. is it? So you have the hens party, which is, you know, all your yeah. friends getting Classic. together and getting drunk. Um, and then you have um, bridal showers where you're just like showering them in gifts. And the kitchen tea is this like super old school thing where it's another event before the wedding that you're supposed to get um, people like your neighbours involved and like your distant aunts who aren't going to be invited to the wedding, like all sorts of random people. And they bring um, a kitchen item and it was like based on an old school mentality of, you know, when the woman leaves the house and they're moving into the man's house and it's like she won't have any kitchen items to cook up feasts for her man kind of thing. Oh and so God. you're supposed to bring like it's a it's a morning tea and then you bring a kitchen item that they can take to their new house. But it's Okay, like, so let me get this straight. Age. It's like a morning tea for people <laughs> that you don't really like and you're not going to invite to your wedding and they're just going to bring you like a bunch of kitchen items. Yeah, pretty much. But it's like this day and age, everyone's got kitchen items already. And it's like, oh my gosh, why have a kitchen tea? But it's like also people who are coming to the wedding are going to that. So if you're part of the bridal party, you've got three events pre-wedding plus the wedding and every single event costs money, you know? (laughs) It's ridiculous. I can't. I've literally never even heard of that. that A kitchen tea. Literally so funny. If nothing else, this podcast is uncovered something new. (laughs) (laughs) so true um so not to make things super negative but two questions so the first is what is your worst memory of money what's like a time when it's been the thing that's really ruined your day oh I had a I mean the thing that springs to mind gives me massive anxiety around money and it was a Um, it was a legal battle with a family member over the business that cost me about $80,000 to dig my way out of. So that's probably my worst experience around money. And I think it really comes down to like, um, trust and expectations being broken and yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's sad, sad time. I don't know how much you want to go into that, but do you want to give like a top line overview of what happened? Yeah. Well, um, basically when I started the business, I took a loan from a family member and then um, that was established as a loan. And then years later, um, we had the opportunity to get like investment from an external investor and they went to due diligence because they were really interested in the company. And due diligence is basically where they go through all the past um you know, legal documents and stuff like that, just to make sure everything's in order before they give you a bunch of money um, and take some ownership in the company. And in that process, we uncovered that the business wasn't in my name at the time. And so I thought, oh, maybe it's like some kind of tax dodge or something like that. So I contacted the family member. was like, can you transfer shares back into my name? Like, this is weird. 
And they basically said, oh, you know, for helping you out at the beginning, I think I deserve 25% of the company. And I just said, absolutely not. What are you talking about? And then it was this big back and forth over uh, about an eight-month period with lawyers involved and it was very, very expensive. Hectic. Yeah, it was very emotional too. It's like that relationship completely broke down. It was very sad. So he's not going to be invited to the wedding or the kitchen? Well, this is a... (laughs) Maybe the kitchen tea (laughs) because everyone's invited. And just ask for something really expensive for that. Exactly. Something that's worth $80,000 maybe. (laughs) The full kitchen renovation. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a... um, that's a bit of an argument <laughs> point for my mum. She always brings up, but yeah, <laughs> long story. Relationship's not quite there. Well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, okay. So that's the worst one. And I think, you know, that definitely tops any like bad money situation I've ever had. So <laughs> 10 out of 10 out of 10 for that answer. Fab. Um, and what's I love your... getting a gold star. Yeah. Um, and what's your best memory of money like what's a time when you were like fuck I'm so happy that I can like afford to do this or um you know you've maybe I don't know maybe it's something that someone else is like paid for for you to do or um yeah what's your best memory of money oh um I mean there's a few I suppose I think personally it would be um giving myself a pay rise at the end of Mm. last year. That was a big, like just emotional thing for me to signal that it's like, yep, I'm doing this now. And that was a little proud moment that it's like, oh no, I can't afford it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Um, I think also a really great um, moment was something that you're involved in actually. (laughs) Oh, really? Um, Yeah, the uh, deal with Microsoft was a big deal at the time and that it came at a time where um I don't know like money wise things were a little bit precarious and that allowed us to explore a few new avenues in the business that I was really passionate about and loved to work on that was just like I don't know it was like you know when um there's that meme that's all about um when you buy from a small business owner they do a happy dance like I was fully doing a happy dance around (laughs) that partnership and it was just great on so many levels but um in particular just like money wise it came at the perfect time and I was so so stoked oh well I'm very happy to hear that um I don't know why but when I asked you that question for me and like when I picture like you living your life like with full money abundance mentality I just like picture you in that that private like did you you went on like a a helicopter ride like around (gasps) New York was it in New York or San Francisco that was in LA oh I don't know what I don't know why that visual just came into my brain I was just like I can just picture you like in this helicopter that is where I want that's how I want to travel from now on from like (laughs) up from downtown to uptown that's like via helicopter is the way to go that was such a cool (laughs) random opportunity that was just through a guy who whose girlfriend I'd met in San Francisco and she said oh you should meet my boyfriend he's in LA and it's he's just someone to know because you know when you land in a new city it's just Mm. you know you don't know anybody so we caught up for coffee and we talked about completely other things and then right at the end of the um coffee he's like oh you don't want to 
ride on a helicopter, do you? And I was like, absolutely, I do. And he said, um, well, you know, here's, here's the card, email this person, she'll set it up for you. Basically, the investment firm he was part of at the time had just invested in this company and they wanted to get some feedback and, you know, send some people off on some um, rides. It was amazing. So I took a friend and we were helicoptered to lunch at Newport Beach and picked up in a black Tesla and it was with a private driver and a pilot and we had air hostesses and everything. It was so fancy. I feel like that is what your visualization for yourself should be. Like It should. I don't know why I haven't like tapped into that more. <laughs> That's a good, so like the meditation to come after this podcast is like picture yourself on a helicopter. <laughs> 100%. I think that's what it's got to be though. Like it's like you want to be able to visualize yourself. And for you, it sounds like it's kind of a big element of it is like feeling like you deserve money. Like yes. I feel like it has to be this visualization, which is more based around um, you living your best life and everything is, you know, kind of you're drawing everything in that you want and you deserve for it to happen. Like that's just, I think it's like almost like creating a new normal for how Mm. you look at money and how you look at your spending as well, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I need to feel like I've earned it, you know? Otherwise, I don't know. It's like I don't have a value for it if if I don't. And there's that classic mistake that so many business owners I know make um, when quoting for services and stuff like that. I made a huge blunder like that recently at the end of last year. Um, We quoted for um, for this sponsorship thing. And I'm just like a people pleaser, you know, you just want to do things that make the other party really happy. So I was like, yeah, of course we can do that. Of course we can do that. Of course that we can do that. And it was just like bending over backwards. And in the end, we just, we didn't make anything off the back of that. It cost us more money in in time and resources and stuff than we quoted. And I was really kicking myself off the back of that. And that was just around, you know, how you set your own worth and value and communicate that and all that kind of stuff so oh my god I've literally done that so many times yeah oh I think everyone has and you have to make the mistakes to learn and it's like I've that I've made that mistake again and again but I don't know I feel like it needs to happen just like once a year or something to remind me and it never happens as drastically as the first or second time as the last time that you did it but um yeah little hints of it is just that grounding reminder that it's like Nope, you need to charge more or, and like account for things like people who are needy and like clients who need handholding and stuff that you just weren't factoring in. And also for. factor in all the extra hours that you're going to do anyway because you're good at your yes. job and you want to go above and beyond. Like I exactly, I literally will charge the best. Well, I don't really do it anymore as much, but still a little bit. Like literally charging the bare minimum because I think it's going to get something across the line and then... Yes pretty much making no money from it because it's just taken up all of my time, all of yeah, my Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's um, that balance for sure. Yeah, okay. So it's kind of a combo of like valuing your skill set and how much your services are worth and feeling like you deserve to call in the big things like mm. buying a house or, you know, going on holiday, which hopefully we'll be allowed to do at some point. <laughs> some 
disappointing. That's one FOMO that at least doesn't exist at the moment. It's like yes. no one's going anywhere. So talking about 2020, did you save money or spend money more in 2020? Because I know I've spoke, that is one thing I actually have spoken to people a lot about. Um, Cause it feels like people really went one way or the other. People either got really into like online shopping and I mean, personally, not more for yes. your, vis- your business. Um, people either got really into online shopping or I mean, like I genuinely did not know where my wallet was for like three months of the year. I was like, <laughs> I don't need this. I haven't been into a shop. Um, I was just getting like food delivered, um, like groceries delivered and it was just like an auto payment and that was basically all I spent for like good on you three or four months I was so terrified of COVID though it wasn't like it wasn't like I'm being so great and saving money I was like I'm literally terrified you're the like captain safety yeah (laughs) I I was sort of it came in waves I definitely had a moment where I did a lot of online shopping like I can remember in one day I think I bought like I did 10 or 15 transactions in one day and I bought all sorts of things. Like at Adore Beauty, I just racked up some huge afterpay situation on Adore Beauty and then, um, yeah, I bought some new clothes and stuff like that. But I would say that was around August, which I had my birthday in August and it was kind of depressing not being able to celebrate anything. Yeah. So I think I just did some retail therapy, but then ultimately looking at finances, I think I saved money. I definitely, I'm usually when like pre-COVID days and post-COVID days, I'm one to spend so much money on food. I love going out for food Mm. and that racks up such a bill. And when you're at home all the time and there's no restaurants open, I think that what, that's what really saved me money. Yeah. So true. I mean, one thing with, one thing I don't know if I'm ever going to feel okay about is like, going to a restaurant knowing that a glass of wine that I'm ordering like I have a bottle of pretty much the same one at home where I could buy a bottle and I'm basically like spending 10 times the price price. like I I just yeah well good for you I'm glad to hear that I think that's that's great BYO for life I think I'm obsessed with BYO like it (laughs) isn't really a thing in the UK like it might be like more trendy now but um like when I came to Australia, I was like, this is literally a dream. And I was living in Newtown as well. And it's like Thai restaurants everywhere and everywhere. BYO. I can hear in your voice how actually obsessed and excited you are. No, I, was, I literally was, I'm still excited about it. Like still, like, and I mean, I can't drink at the moment, but when I can drink again, like it's BYO all the way. Yeah, I just, definitely. I think it's also like almost circling back to the conversation we had about um, that pressure to like go to, um, like dinners with friends, I think it takes so much pressure off because like, you know. And splitting a drink bill is ridiculous. I mean, people will always have cocktails and five drinks when you only had two and a hundred percent. BYO is great for everyone. It's great for like money. It's great because you can drink what you want. Like you can drink as nice a wine or as shit a wine as you want. And it's like, Mm -hmm. who cares? Because that you just bring your own. Oh, I love Whoever's so listening much. to this podcast better be taking notes because <laughs> this is just, this is a money breakthrough. <laughs> BYO all the way. Don't even bother with, <laughs> with restaurants that don't offer this. 100%. I think the one thing that I will say about BYO is like more, like nicer restaurants need to start offering it. <laughs> like you're limited. Yes. You are quite limited with BYO. Like it's hard to feel 
It's hard to feel yeah, fancy. I always just think of, you know, the local Thai restaurant always has BYO, but it's yeah. like that's not fancy. You're right. It's not the fancy experience. Yeah. All right. Well, this has actually been a great chat. I feel like I've got lots of ideas <laughs> for how we're going to craft this mini meditation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I think I'm going to end the meditation with just, um, just go to a BYO. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's part it. of the meditation. That's part of it. Don't be stressed about money. Just make yeah. it BYO. Yes. It's perfect. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. It's always such a lull to chat with you. And hopefully Thanks I get to see you in real life soon. I know. Thanks for having me. I hope there was something in there that's useful. <laughs> I, think, I think it's relatable. I mean, at the end of all these conversations, I'm like, I hope that was relatable for someone because it's kind of the whole point. But you know, sure it is. Yeah. I, I don't think, think enough people talk about money. So this is a start. We're talking about it. It's really, it's a real icky conversation. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be. It hasn't been icky today. I don't think. No, it hasn't. It's been quite funny. And I think it's more, I think more what we're going to try and tackle is like how you talk to yourself about yes. money because yes. then it's it makes it less issue. weird for everyone else. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Okay, we'll have a great evening. I'm going to go for a swim because I can and it's sunny. Good idea, me too. It's like 50 (laughs) degrees in this room, so definitely a great idea. All right, speak soon. Bye. Bye. Now that you've related to the issue at hand, it's time for a very short and manageable meditation. It's really more of a pep talk to help you shape your thoughts. Please don't listen to these meditations whilst driving or doing anything else where you need to concentrate. The episode will end at the end of the meditation to give you some time to reflect. It would be so appreciated if you could please, please, please subscribe and share this podcast to help it reach more people and leave a review with any niche meditations you would like to hear in the next episodes. Enjoy. Take five. Let's get calm, clear, and open ourselves up to calling in the cash. Today's meditation, we are not scared of talking about money. We're going to be getting rich. We're going to be doing this meditation as you type in your dream holiday location to Google and listen to this as you scroll through all the images and picture yourself there. We see you hustling and feel your hunger to create an abundant life for yourself. We know you've been scrolling through your feed, seeing those new homeowner posts, the clothes, the excess that fills everyone's grids. We all know it's just a highlight reel, but it can still make you feel like you have less or that you need more. Instagram is basically a shopping platform now, and it's been designed that way for a reason. We love to compare and crave what is new. We are here to help you confront your money worries, empower you, take you out of comparison circles and scarcity mindset. You can call it all in for yourself. Just take a second to center and breathe with us. Visualize yourself. Open your bank account app. See that income rolling in. It's updating in real time with new sales. It keeps building and building 
flowing so effortlessly. You work hard, you're not burnt out, you don't need to be. Orders for your product are rolling in. You get a bonus. You are suddenly being asked to do a paid speaking gig. Money rolls towards you from every angle. Countless opportunities are just waiting to be uncovered. Your services are so valuable and worth paying for. No one else could do this job the way you could. You deserve to be rolling in cash. To feel the abundance of buying yourself flowers, treating yourself to that five-star dinner, just because. Let go of any beliefs that you are just not the person that can do that. You totally are. Your timing may just not be right, right at the moment, but that doesn't mean these opportunities aren't just around the corner. Picture yourself in that dream holiday destination. Who are you there with? What are you doing? Picture it now. Money comes and it goes and it flows. You are always attracting money. Money is not personal, so don't take it so personally. It's a resource that is everywhere. There is no lack of money and no reason why it won't make its way to you. Do not be fearful. Relax into the ebb and flow. Picture that dream holiday again now. What are you drinking? What are you eating? What restaurants are you hitting up next? Feel how it feels to spend without fear. Look at that bank account without fear. Picture yourself hitting your financial goal. Create a visualization for exactly how you'll celebrate this. Maybe you'll pop the champagne with friends. Maybe you'll buy yourself something special. You don't need to be impatient or feel disheartened by an unexpected bill. Everything's unfolding just how it's meant to. 